Hey, I'm Melanie. I've got purple hair and a leather jacket. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Mount Rushmore. I'm your host, Jeff, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddies, Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Mount Rushmore is where we debate, discuss, discern the top four of any given topic. And this week, Michael and Richard are going to find some conflict, maybe some friendly conflict, maybe some agreement on the topic of jackets, the Mount Rushmore of jackets. I Um, am jacked up for jackets, you guys. (laughs) I know we talked about this at the end of last year, but man, I saw this category and I was like, "Why is this? Why oh, are you yeah. jacked about jackets?" I don't. Know. I think this was. I, I think, like I said last at the in our season ender, wrap up, was that I love the ones that can go anywhere. Like when we did horses, who knows what the hell we're going to talk about with horses? <laughs> but with jackets, I feel like the same sort of vibe. Yeah. And the same sort of like. There's a real air of in- anticipation in the room. Yeah, I like it. Also, somebody may have farted, <laughs> as, like as judged by the, the, the candles that Jeff surreptitiously placed by me, I, didn't. I noticed. <laughs> I, like the gene- I like the generic categories, and yeah. I like the ultra-specific, and I think this is going to, I think this can go anywhere. All right, so um, since you seem so enthused, Richard, you go first. Wait a second, what? Class, classic Jeff maneuver. Bait a- and switcheroo. All right. Richard, so- did you get specific? Did you get general? I went general get- because it just said jackets. So that's how I'm approaching oh, it. Oh, so you could have been yellow jackets or it's like... Potato jackets. I thought about book yours? jackets. Book jackets almost <laughs> made the list, actually. What was your first inspiration? Um, first one is the leather jacket, the black ma- motorcycle leather jacket. Leather. So think the Fonz. Sure. Think uh, Joey Ramone. Yeah. And one of the things about the black leather motorcycle jacket is depending on who you are, it can be worn and signify many different things. You know, you could be an actual motorcycle rider. Mm-hmm. You could be the guy who puts like the Sons of Anarchy patches on there. Yeah. You could be the the punk rock guy with the the pins and the the safety pins and everything through it. It could be a metal guy. It's a, got, it's a template for your personality. Yeah, it really is. Hmm. I'm the quirky sidekick on a Disney Channel show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but that that was that didn't have anything to do with the podcast, by the way. Sorry, that's just Jeff making a statement. Sidebar. We know that Jeff. We know that Jeff works for Disney. We didn't know exactly how until now. Hey, I'm Melanie. I've got purple hair and a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, that is cert- it is certainly a pop culture signifier of that. It's like it's the ki- it's the guy who's kind of a rebel. Yeah, you can see Jeff uh, in his in doing like the Disney in, in interstitials, like drawing out the mouse ears every now and then, sketching <laughs> it up. So, uh, is there? You mentioned you dropped Fonz, you dropped Joey Ramone, um, I guess Brando in the Wild Bunch. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I started thinking about it with the Fonz, okay. which of course the jacket actually wound up in the uh, Smithsonian. Smithsonian for a while. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, this will lead into mine because the number one on my list or at least under the category of TV, is Fonzie's leather jacket. Okay, well, then we can kind of get into this a little bit. Sure. So that must, I mean, all of, like, you mentioned Brando, like the tough guy, or um, I'm trying to think of. Kind of the rebel, like the one without a cause, perhaps. With or without a cause. Right. I'm not sure which one. And it definitely became a prototypical thing. So if they ever did, like, the Lords of Flatbush, they had leather jackets, the Shanana, well, I think they had satin jackets. Or Danny's Danny Zuko (laughs) from Greece. Yeah. Well, Fonzie also had a satin jacket for a part of this. Well, well do you know this? You, he had that, like that light blue. He had like, the windbreaker. Got history, history. I got the history behind this. Uh-oh. So when the show first launched, they were concerned that they, being the network, that the Fonz would coming was coming off too much like a hoodlum. 
So let's they put, were. Let's put him in a leather jacket and, and toughen him up a little. No, bit. no, no. So the, he was supposed. He, oh, he had been in the leather jacket. That was the plan uh, by the producers. Oh, I see. And the studio said, "Well, that makes him look too much like a hoodlum. So can we can we put him in a white windbreaker?" <laughs> so they sk- they skipped an angora cardigan. <laughs> oh my god, that's the next roughest thing. Um, so the producers came back and said, "Well, that's fine, but." What about when he's riding his motorcycle or he's just getting on or off of it? Shouldn't he have a leather jacket then? Because it's a safety thing, right? You don't want to show kids that, hey, it's okay to ride without proper gear. And the studio and the ABC kind of went, well, okay, if he's on the bike or near the bike, he can have his leather jacket, which is why for the first few episodes, that's why he rides the bike into Al's. That's why he rides the bike like into the school or into the Cunningham's house to motivate his apparel choice to, to, to justify it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So that's why they, uh, the, you know, that's one of the iconic things from happy days is him riding into owls I and always, it's all just service to try and make sure he was allowed to wear this jacket. I he always must, imagined Gary Marshall talked like he had seven heart attacks already. I can see right. why he got seven heart attacks. He must've had some sort they must've had some sort of deal with like the Western uh, clothing company that listen, you guys guaranteed <laughs> 12 minutes an episode of leather, of leather jacket. Of leather jackets. I will confess, since I'm, I'm older than Richard and Michael and a lot of probably of our listeners, uh, but I remember when Happy Days was on originally, the first season it came out, myself and some other kids on the schoolyard made a pact that anybody who didn't have a leather jacket by after Christmas was a nerd. <laughs> And so my parents <laughs> awarded me some shaft calf length uh, Naugahyde brown jacket that they convinced me was a Fonzie jacket. <laughs> and I showed up on the playground fully convinced that I had box check, a leather jacket, and was now not going to be a nerd. Guess who was branded a nerd? <laughs> Did they tell you to sit on it? It looked like part of the mod squad or actually probably somebody's accountant. Or, or a narc. A narc. Did narc. you sit there and go, hey, and they said, nay. Nay. <laughs> I think, I, I think I chose this specifically because of how just singularly iconic it is as a jacket. It's instantly identifiable as something for him and as like a character trait or event, eventually it turned into, I guess, yeah. as you said. Um, I, I chose it because it was also because it was in the Smithsonian, although yeah. later it was replaced by a poster of Farrah Fawcett. So maybe not so much. <laughs> it is uh, funny. Anything that can make a middle aged Jewish guy seem like a tough high school <laughs> kid. Well, <laughs> that's uh, a good jacket. And I like it because it's this utilitarian thing like leather jackets are there because if you ride a motorcycle and you fall you don't want to like fuck up your body and now it's become no longer this utilitarian thing it's this thing that's a fashion statement it's a a cultural signifier that hey you're edgy you're rebellious you're you know whatever wardrobe is code and that's code for badass okay so we've got uh, leather jackets and fonzie's um, example they're in michael what's yours Mine's under the category of music, and it's Michael Jackson's red leather jacket mm. oh, cool. from Beat It. All right. Now, uh, MJ, as I like to call him, you know, <laughs> friends, he could have had uh, his own just Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson's jackets, whether it was like the black and red leather jacket from Thriller, mm-hmm. or whether it was kind of the more... Mm, I guess you, Hitlerian? <laughs> the Third Reichian? Yeah, his kind of Gestapo look, which... Yeah. Yeah, what's the, wait, hold on. What's the difference between the Thriller one and the Beat It one? Or is there a difference? The Beat It jacket, I'm going to show you a picture, is this red-looking dude mm-hmm. that had like, uh, you know, the zippers. They all have zippers, but yeah. it had kind of like uh, studs near the top. The Thriller jacket was a V-looking number 
which kind of looks like something from the movie. The movie V and TV the series v. v. Yeah. Gosh, it does. Yeah. Or the and definitely, I feel like uh, Annie Murphy ripped that off on uh, Raw. Raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the first. Was Raw the first one? Yeah. No, and you're also also uh, th- that kind of look was featured in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He's okay. kind of walking down the street, and then there's a couple that's in like oh, yeah. matching but opposing colors, red and black leather, full jumpsuit, leather yeah. jackets. Delirious, and, I think, right? Yeah, and he yeah. kind of laughs oh, it's at delirious? them. Okay. Yeah, he, whack, he laughs at him and kind of looks back and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then Michael Jackson also had his uh, his bad look. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, he... Bat, black, black leather all jacket. All black. Yeah. Had to look tough. So you think Joseph Jacket... Jackson. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Jacket. Joseph well, he should Jack. be Michael Jacket. Because <laughs> he he's should be so Michael Jacket. Exactly. <laughs> Michael, leaving the house? Yeah, yeah. You wearing a jacket? No, I don't like jackets. <laughs> Always wear a jacket. Okay. <laughs> Jermaine's wearing a jacket. Uh, I think out of all of his jackets, this is the one that I chose to represent him because it, it was probably the first most iconic look for Michael Jackson as a pop star. He wore it mm-hmm. for, like I said, for the Beat It music video. And then he also wore it for like the accompanying Victory Tour. Yeah. And he later went on to kind of rebrand himself and re-image himself over and over, but it stayed to that same, I need to create an iconic look that people will identify with me. And it kind of started with that red jacket and light blue shirt. And Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to think of Michael Jackson not wearing that. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, like, those other kind of weird faces, but none of them feature, like, like, he had the black and white phase where he was wearing, like, the wrist guard. Yeah. And he was wearing like a white shirt, but like no one thinks about that. They think of him dudded out and studded out in some yeah. awesome accoutrement. You know, one thing Michael Jackson also did consider is uh, with the glove and some of the things, what outfits look good when you're dancing and yeah. what kind of story you sure. can tell uh, flipping a jacket around, opening up the, you know, the, the it, opening of it. It's or, weird. It's weird to think about it. And like, he probably learned a lot from just like you hate to th- like magicians or something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a, a studded, you know, a flashy glove, you can distract the audience to one way while you're trying to yeah. dance another way, and like things probably catch your eye, like you said. Yeah, it, it accents you. I, I imagine too. He's such a kind of a slight of build that it yeah. made him a little bit look foreboding. Also, shoulder pads were big. Then, too, a jacket can hide copious shoulder pads in that sucker. <laughs> you can hide two or three shoulder pads inside that so one jacket. Right. Just stack them like Legos or something. So Michael Jackson's red leather jacket, a la or Circa Beat It. Yeah, yeah should have gone with Thriller, you moron. Ooh, challenge. So what's, uh, what's your choice? So second choice is the denim jacket. Okay. Which I like because... It's kind of just, I don't think there's a jacket that has gone more in and out and in and out of fashion so than the denim jacket, in and out. <laughs> Jay, in Jay Leno would argue out. that, ah, it's always been in. Well, well, yeah, yeah. with him, it's the denim jacket, it's the denim shirt. <laughs> denim socks. Denim socks, denim, denim shoes, denim car. Denim car. He, must think- have a, he must have a denim car cover for all of his... Uh, Ancient vehicles. Well, you know, you, you got to get the, the car out of it. Hold on. I'm going to put on a condom. Is that denim? <laughs> of course it's denim. Well, it's, it's ripped for your protection, you know? Uh, do you think the denim jacket is a subcategory of the leather jacket? Or somehow pejorative to it? No, because I think it doesn't signify the same exact thing. Okay. I think Hi. it signifies something. Leather pants don't. 
aren't support pejorative to denim pants or vice versa. Right. There's, and, no, and there's no analog between those two. And what happened my assless denim chaps? Maybe totally the, different maybe than the, the assless leather the denim, ones. Sorry. <laughs> maybe the denim jacket is like the pre-leather jacket. Maybe like, listen. It's I the gotta, starter one. I got to go through my denim phase and I got to cut off the arms and I got to put my patches on there and my anarchy symbol on there mm-hmm. and yeah. then put the buttons on it once I become like the cool indie kid. And then you get to the point where you're like, well, I need to. I need, and then you're like, I'm riding around my moped, and you're like, I need to graduate to a motorcycle. I just, I I know there were times when wearing a denim jacket, like right now, a denim jacket doesn't seem very fashionable. But go back, you know, ten years ago, when like the Strokes, I had a denim jacket. I had a denim jacket. I rocked that look. Yeah, hundred percent. I had that, but it was like the vintage leather jacket. Then you go back. I don't remember leather. leather, I'm sorry, denim jackets in the '90s, but I remember them in the '80s. Like that was all the rage. Well, they were giant in the '90s. I mean, everything was giant. Yeah, but they. Yeah, they, I, I wouldn't even call those jackets so much as I as I would call them denim parachutes that happen to have armholes. I had the uh, <laughs> growing up somewhere where it was coldish, colder than here at least. I had like the the denim jacket that had the wool inside. Okay, so that's a hip look. But you know, it, it's sort of like it's like this weird regressive sort of thing. Like in the '60s, it was like the. It wasn't the coolest kids. It was kind of the uh, the burnt out hippies, and then in the it's just sort of this weird thing where it just sort of. I wonder when it lost popular, not popular, popular, not popular, and it just kind of just goes. I don't know why. I mean, when I see an le- army jacket, I no longer think I no longer think of it as its relationship to the military. It's been so removed from it, or like an olive drab jacket. You now think of just that person is probably going to shoot shoot up the school. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, much, pretty yeah. much, yeah. But I think if like at one point the denim jacket was worn by some um, counterculture people in allegiance with their working class counterparts, almost like you'd go see, hear folk music being played about striking miners. Because yeah, you know. yeah, you picture Abby Hoffman wearing it as he goes to uh, uh, give a speech about whatever the fuck he gave speeches yeah. about. So tell me the characteristics. So when I think of denim jacket in the eighties, which was when I wore one. I kind of wore one, I think, to try to look cool, mm-hmm. but I know every chick in school wore a denim jacket, too, so I remember thinking I just looked like the cheerleading team. When I'm yeah, you wanted, to, you wanted to avoid the denim jackets that had the appliques or the uh, puffy no, paint on the back? Nuts. I got Was that your one. problem? <laughs> Bedazzling can be cool, right? Well, I think... I think Michael it, Jackson proved that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very true. So I think in the 80s, help me out, guys, was this... That was kind of... You really wanted more of like a fresh... Like clean looking leather jacket, it was right? Stone denim. It was. Uh, I keep saying leather, don't I? Yeah, you're, it's unbelievable. Mm. It was a stone washed or not an acid. Like oh, well, you had a lot of that acid wash stuff, shit. yeah. Especially by college, it was uh, washed. The I th- hell out and of then, it. like the early two thousands, that was all like a revival, vintage, retro thing. So yeah, definitely. You kind of wanted one that's kind of beat up, look like you had washed it in a few weeks. Yeah. And I went to Prague in two thousand eight. And it was all over. It just kind of got rebarfed into Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, guys, it's halftime. This is when I implore you, the listener, to join us out on the places where we is. And those places are Facebook, where we have a Mount Rushmore podcast page. And people go on that site and they give us suggestions for shows and they comment on episodes that we've posted there and they critique our choices and so it's kind of a fun dialogue between us and you and a dialogue also occurs when you go to the itunes page and you leave reviews we'd love to hear specifically your opinions on episodes or in general your opinion on the podcast so go to itunes and review you can also just leave a rating and you can also while you're there download them all they're like uh 
collector's items now because they're like a year old we've been putting this podcast out so please download rate and review follow us on twitter at mount rushmore pod um on twitter so we'd love to see you on all those platforms and uh instagram too so we are back and michael is going to regale us with his next choice uh mine is under the category of film and this is the bride aka yellow leather jacket from kill bill volume one wow specific Mm. this is the one uh i i chose it this is the one that she wore um when she battles oranishi um gogo yubari and the crazy 88s at the uh, house of blue leaves in like the most violent wonderful yeah incredible scene uh from that movie and one of the most amazing things i think i've ever seen on screen i don't like the movie Oh, I gotta say, I really didn't like. It. In fact, Sarah got mad at me when we watched it in the theater because I was laughing so much at certain points. Because the points that I thought were supposed to be funny, that I thought were clearly like, this is supposed to be fun. There's no way you can take seriously somebody's head getting like sliced open. But you did you approve of the jacket? Jacket's awesome. <laughs> okay, oh, right. jacket's great. Right. I, I chose <laughs> I chose it because of its iconography. I think it's so it so fits the character, and it also has that great callback to uh, Bruce Lee in Game of Death where he wore like a full yellow, black and yellow jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does that a lot in his movies. Um, they spe- well, at least in these couple of movies, Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2, where he's just referring back to old samurai films. And yeah. you know, as a big film student, I guess you can get away. If, if you've made one very successful movie, you can get away with just copying stuff from other <laughs> movies and calling it an homage. <laughs> Otherwise known as Wes Anderson's That's career. Right. Yeah, it seems like there there is this that spate of filmmakers who didn't live lives, they lived films, and they regurgitate them. But in a very... It, those films are their crayons, and they tell a new story with them. It was just... I, I, I like this because it was very... Like, it made the character, and it was pushed so heavily in their marketing. Yeah. But they've almost become ubiquitous. You think of Kill Bill, and you think of her mm-hmm. in that yellow suit, maybe covered in blood whoa whoa, hold on was it a jacket or a suit there was a jacket it's a two-piece it's a it's well it is okay it's It's a a motorcycle motorcycle jacket and there's like a matching motorcycle pants leather motorcycle pants. i think that kind of listen you didn't choose anything you chose a random well this is a no 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 no, because i think it 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 detracts from the jacketness of it it feels more of like a one-piece outfit it feels like the same thing Hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't. Do, so, do you, I think also it was pretty amazing that um, I imagine Uma Thurman is a six foot seven banana person, and then to see her in a banana outfit and but still with, with knives, off, with knives, it makes it even more audacious. I think. <laughs> yeah, banana person. Uh, okay, so cool. The uh, did that jacket have a certain name or anything like that? It didn't have like a certain out. Pablo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm- it was on the internet. It must be true. A uh, banana person jacket number one. Banana <laughs> person jacket number one. Uh, what was funny, not, it was also very interestingly leveraged for the marketing too. Like the, the, the poster was part of this kind of stripe thing or whatever. It seems like it was part of the whole decor. Or the, yeah. The advertising. Uh, Richard, you're up. All right. So my third choice is the Letterman jacket, not a David Letterman jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been pretty random. The general Letterman jacket. Yeah, you know the yeah. the, the David Letterman blue blazer yeah. with the bad like no, <laughs> um, yeah your Letterman jacket or varsity jacket or whatever you want to call okay. it. Okay. Um, did any 
I don't know anyone who had this. Eddie Murphy in no, I know, I know, like characters, right? I mean, like in real life. You didn't. You, you weren't friends with the jocks. Even the jocks really didn't have. My school didn't have a ton of those. We had. We had it. At, I went to. Maybe there were a few, but North Hollywood High, where I went to high school, home of the Huskies, home of the Huskies. Uh, I remember like the football players. They had like Letterman jackets, and they're blue and blue with like white sleeves. It and just they had the logo on the back. Sure. I, I I do appreciate that our uh, our school system basically gives an immediate way to. Uh, Separate the nerds from the, the <laughs> yeah. jocks, yeah. just just yeah. just on site. Well, the nerds. <laughs> I, I, as a nerd, received a letter in forensics, a speech competition. And, yeah, and therefore was awarded a letter. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't think I ever got the jacket though, because I kind of recognized that. Nah, this is a jock. It's thing. not for me. Yeah. No, I had the academic block. Like you got one for like for whatever your great. Hey, coming up enjoyed. next is the academic block with Huey Lewis and the News. Hip to B squared. <laughs> I got had that. I had uh, music. You got a letter for marching band. Oh, cool! Um, and I did have a couple. I had a couple of athletic, athletic ones. Did but you, yeah, I didn't have a. Did you let the guys line up to beat you in, up in an orderly way, or did was it just chaos? Did they just beat you up randomly? Well, it was you know it was uh, we had a pool. Okay. Oh, oh, that's fair. Yeah, it was every week somebody got chosen. <laughs> it's like a little bit of kind of uh, you know. So what, Lord of the Flies. If you had didn't have one, what made you pick it? Because I think one of the things from a pop culture standpoint is, and yeah, there are examples of it being worn in a very... Codified way. Non-codified way, though. I was going to say, you mentioned Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2. Hmm. Mel Gibson has it for a good chunk of the movie. Um, But more than anything else, it is an automatic signal, especially if it's somebody actually in high school. You're dealing with a jock probably the villain <laughs> yeah right i mean and it may turn out that he's not actually a bad guy like you see that a lot like freddie prince and she's all that she's all that yeah okay he's got the leather he's got the letterman jacket there uh Milo estevez in breakfast club yeah which i i also a jock i got into a discussion with with uh, my wife sarah about this because i was she said oh yeah that, that'd be a good one talk about that i said no he, he's got a hoodie on because he's doing the you know the the cord thing, but he's got the hoodie on under the jacket. and then the jacket yeah. over the top, <laughs> Jeff, which is a pro move. Does pro Joe move. Nelson also have a hoodie? He's got denim and hoodie. Does he's he? Got, you just got, chose Beck Breakfast Club as your choices, dude. <laughs> he's got I a could. denim hoodie, and I think he's got a leather jacket on top of that at some point. Yeah, man, <laughs> pulling out all the stops, Judd. I like that the uh, Letterman jacket has like a perverse second life as like the Planet Hollywood jacket. Oh yeah, <laughs> or like the Hard Rock Cafe jacket. Or if you're going to go super deep, the Looney Tunes jacket with Taz on the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How at some point, like they took the Letterman jacket, still kept like the leather sleeves, basically the exact same design. We're like, let's market all of our crap on it and try yeah. to sell it for $200 to it's pro- also, producers. And Yeah, it's also a very good like crew gift for like if you yeah. wrapped up work on a mediocre movie. Yeah, we did. We uh, worked for a comedy theater, and whenever you opened a show, they would and you became a member of like the A team or whatever. They give you this jacket, and I lived in Minnesota, and it was so freaking hot in in this jacket. <laughs> like, like this is too warm. This is too comfortable. Also, the uh, Letterman jacket, a good signifier of a character who's gotten a little too big for his britches, like okay. uh, uh, Teen Wolf. Okay, mm-hmm. when he starts wearing the Letterman jacket, that's when you know there's some problems there. Yeah, I believe. Uh, Again, Emilio Estevez. 
obviously uh, Letterman jacket enthusiast <laughs> in uh, the Mighty Ducks has the uh, Letterman jacket yeah, on. The for, Letterman jacket. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of that going on. Before we David go, Letterman wore a Letterman jacket. Yeah, they had a le- yeah, and the, the, <laughs> a lot of the logos had like the late night with David Letterman Letterman jacket, which I just now realized the uh, irony of that. Okay. <laughs> there wow. was okay. The this is something to cut out what I'm about to say. Let's name the shoe equivalents of all these because I think Letterman jacket's shoe equivalent I was thinking was going to be the converse, but I think it's the penny loafer. And I think le- mm. leather jacket is the converse. The black. No, leather jacket would be Doc Martens. Yeah. You don't think it's the same thing with Joey Ramon. He's not rocking Doc Martens. He's rocking yeah, black converse. Well, he might have been, but I think... Might have been. His whole career he wore black converse. Shut up. So I think... Yeah, but it, yeah, but the black leather jacket is also such a punk rock signifier, and I just think of that as Doc Martens. I don't know. See, I think I think the black leather jacket is the most expensive thing a punk rocker owns, and they can't afford these the Doc Martens. Oh, you steal them. Point well made. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Michael, what do you got? Well, uh, my final jacket is I had to think of something that was. <laughs> If you are listening, Alexa heard something she thought was her name. Uh, okay, she and well, she didn't respond to that. I'm not going to ask her if I could find this in real life, but I needed something that someone would actually wear in real life and not just be like an iconic jacket. So I was trying to think of cool guys. That's why I had that list of like a uh, uh, Hot Planet Hollywood jacket. Another one I thought would be a cool guy jacket was the eight ball jacket. But oh, yeah. the, coolest, oh, yeah. the coolest of all real life jackets that one could wear. The burgundy members only jacket. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of those jackets seeing them without seeing dandruff on the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've seen That's them cocaine. All. That's what it was. It's not dandruff. Oh, that was no cocaine scandy. on the jacket. Yeah, it was for a tall person to do lines off your shoulders <laughs> standing behind it. Why burgundy? I just, for whatever reason, if I'm thinking of a members only jacket, I'm thinking burgundy. Really? I think yeah. like silver. They had like, it, uh, the sil- there was a silver or t- one. Or cream, like a cream or tan or something. Who's in it? Who's in it? Like a pilot sitting in the lounge wanting just, you to know he's still a pilot? Yeah, just yeah. any cool, just the typical faux cool guy from 1980 to 1985. Yeah. That guy thinks that he is so hot, but he's wearing his members only jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Feldman walked one, rocked one in uh, the Goonies, like a silver one. Oh, cool! Um, Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. the but, cut is really good on those things. It's it's a great cut. Yeah, I think yeah. that they they kind of, you know, their marketing was a little. They're kind of dicks, I guess. In the eighties, <laughs> like wait, what? Part of the marketing was like it is elitism. Elitism. Yeah. When mm. so the marketing was the the tagline was when you put it on. Something happens. I had to have. I had to have that pause because, like, I got gotcha. you. I didn't think. When, I didn't think something happened. But when, when you're reading yeah. ellipses, I just bought a product and it says, "When you strap it on, something happens." <laughs> you you hope at least. I think a lot of my choices stemmed out of like the 1980s as a very iconic and iconographic decade, uh-huh. and I think the members only jacket was one of those that was just it was there and kind of omnipresent and yeah a, that is one of the sign of the times Adam Carolla rich man poor man things yeah you, you do see those on uh, elderly um, former airline pilots but you also see them on uh, oh is that the Gatlin brothers that you're holding up right there oh, Larry Mike, Gatlin Michael's and the Gatlin brothers ad with the Gatlin brothers you also see him now on the kind of Williamsburg hipster he might be wearing some low crotch harem pants. <laughs> 
uh, and a members only jacket and riding a penny farthing to where he makes artisan ketchups for a living or something like that. So mobsters. I love this mobsters. Mid, mid-level love mobster, mobsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah. I think if yeah. Glendale uh, probably had those before they went to tracksuits exclusively. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I do really like this pick. It's, like you said, it is the height of 80s there you cheesiness. Go. There you go. Burgundy. I get that guy's got a little it. bit of a paunch, and I, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> there was that sort of... Would you say that's in the same world as like the La Tigre shirts and like the, you know, those like branded, like, like the first time they had like the polo shirts and stuff that were like... Oh, sure. Like, like uh, uh, who is that crocodile guy? I, yeah. Isad Lacoste. Yeah. yeah. Am I correct in that members only jackets have epaulets? Because that's always a... A ploy for respect of some way to have epaulets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like a desire to be treated as the uh, dictator of a banana republic somewhere, <laughs> or like Michael Jackson putting them on. I always things. assumed um, those were for holding capes. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. Okay. Therefore, you, there's, you couldn't just tie capes under there and like. They're originally for the military and or actually auto racers have them on their suits too. That if you need to get pulled up really quickly, like mm. out of a out of something oh i thought they were you can for, just get pulled up i thought they're for gloves because i could see how they would just rip right off wouldn't they well it made up. sturdy enough i mean we're talking a members only jacket <laughs> here this is this isn't your ross bullshit over here uh let's mark down an idea that we can capitalize on which is capes for epilepsy. <laughs> not epileptics <laughs> not, not epileptics <laughs> okay i might, I might have got that wrong a little bit oh, also the members only jacket had that sweet like uh had the, the, the collar, neck collar neck like thing. Like a you strap gotta, thing. Yeah, you got to tuck in. It's a good freaking jacket. It's a good freaking jacket. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it it's it's the windbreaker of record. Yeah. All right, Richard, what's your final choice? It is the starter jacket. Whoa. Okay. Now that's a that's a brand. Is that a brand? That was a brand. That's a brand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The giant, um, puffy. Sure. Usually sports branded. Yeah. Uh, jackets that were especially prevalent in the 1990s. Yeah. You were the shit if you had. Yeah. A starter jacket. If you, if when, you when you were when I was growing up, if you were walking around Fresno with a 49ers starter jacket, you were <laughs> yeah, you were nailing it. You, it was always amazing to me that like I had friends who switched allegiances on teams because the starter jacket for one team was cooler <laughs> than the next starter jacket. Because it really the funny thing is it really sort of coincided with the sports logo era of lots of teals and purples. Yeah. And super bright, obnoxious colors. So you take that and then you add that to like a, like I said, a giant like nylon jacket. You got gold. That's what you got. What was starters? And this is kind of ironic. What was the end of starter? Because it seems like maybe Beanie Babies and starters kind of rose and fell at the same time. (laughs) It was the... uh, It was Beanie Babies wearing a starter jacket. Oh, the double whammy. Yeah. Again... (laughs) And I just bought a boat name. Happy retirement. <laughs> it was the uh, baseball strike in 1995. Uh, baseball went away for like a year, and so they weren't selling the baseball jackets anymore. They were they no one wanted to buy them. Well, I think of them as NFL. No, I think of them as those full length ones. I think of them as basketball first, actually. Hmm. Wow, and okay. then maybe. NFL or baseball. I, I don't think of them as being necessarily... I think they were... They, they owned everything. But a big part of it went away when that sport went away. Yeah, yeah. They just lost... They lost a lot of money. Um, Nike had wanted to buy them out. Mm-hmm. Um, they said no. They went public with the offering. Decided to try and branch out into a bunch of other starter-branded stuff. Yeah. 
And they're making a comeback today. So that was their demise. But they're are they coming back as kind of a hipster brand? Yeah, yeah. Definitely a there's throwback. a the, the the retro sort of God bless those hipsters. They can bring anything back. Like well, Zubas came back kind of, didn't they? Yeah. They, wait, they went away? Oh shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I could keep time in a bottle. You know, we talked about like last week uh about movies that like never die. Mm-hmm. Fashion is almost like that. There's always gonna be someone that's gonna bring something back. No matter how arcane or how out of fashion something falls, just give it 15 years and someone's going to wear it ironically and be yeah. caught on, you know, street you style. It's like, oh my God, you know, you know, Normcore is now in. And you're yeah. like, what? Uh, it's, it's wearing, uh, you know, Team, t-shirts, t-shirts and, and polos. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I, guess so. Do you feel like the, the, the cycle is getting quicker? The more, I feel like we now observe ourselves more. I think the more connected we are uh-huh. as a society, you know, globally, it's easier for a fashion trend to, you know, it, it probably used to be, you know, the, the coasts had all the fashion and then it took a while for it to filter in, took 10 years to yeah. filter in. Yeah. And then by the time that they, you know, the middle of the country was like, Oh, I'm into this things yeah. changed. Now it, it's, it wasn't, it's instantaneous. So I, I think that's why fashion is so you can wear whatever and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a meme you wear. I think it used to take a yeah. longer time for the meme to get around, and now it's almost instantaneously. Like Z Cavaricci, I didn't know that until it was kind of gone. I'd never worn those. Did they have those out here? Of course they did. They yeah, they did. Yeah. Here. I remember growing up like, and it we're off topic a little bit, but I wanted Nikes growing up because you're supposed to wear Nikes because yeah. Nikes were the things that made you cool. And I got a pair of something that wasn't Nikes, and I felt so instantly ostracized. Yeah. It wasn't even like LA gear. It was like, Kepa? Reebok? Uh, it wasn't even... It was like non-regular brand name. And like... BK I, Broiler? That's, ba- a, that's a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. But those British wore, Knights, that was I, a shoe, yeah. I was wearing hamburgers on my feet. <laughs> I felt, well, there's your problem. I, felt, I can't believe that I was getting mocked at school. <laughs> but it was funny that like... I don't feel like that's a thing anymore. Or maybe yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a teenager and I'm not, you know, yeah. getting yelled at by other teenagers. I, yeah, go ahead. When I... I was in high school. My parents basically had, we had a thrift store income, so I wore thrift store clothes. And by the time I got into college, uh, thrift store was chic with the, the grunge and all that stuff. If you the grunge some shredded, and the music, the grunge and the kids and the Playboys, um, the Playboys, uh, the grunge was chic, and it uh, it was a thrift store kind of thing, and that that peeved me to no end. So one more thing about this: a couple more things about the starter jacket. You know it was cool because people were getting killed for them. Yeah. You guys remember this, right? They yeah. were like, it was yeah. like if you couldn't get killed because of your Air Jordans, maybe you could get mugged and killed for your starter jacket. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was probably like it happened like five times. Of course. But it became this like big, like I remember people's parents. Like, like, free, like freeway shootings. Yeah, or something like that. Or, you know, I remember, I remember growing up in a small town like with 8,000 people, people's, you know, Kids' parents wouldn't buy them a starter jacket because they were worried they would get murdered for it. Yeah. What if his Uncle Rob was holding a beanie baby and wearing a starter jacket? We're not sure why he was killed. <laughs> Probably for the best, though. <laughs> that was part of the statement, too, I think, from a fashion standpoint. If you wore one, you were kind of a badass because you knew you could keep yours. Because right. Because you could fight for somebody who wanted it. So I think there there is a cultural signifier that was there as well. I mean, I the first celebrities I remember wearing them was like Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. 
and other quote unquote black artists. You don't have what? to. You don't have to quote and unquote DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. They were actually black. But well, I, I never knew well, who it, was the DJ, who was the rapper. I'm the DJ. He's oh the shit! Rapper. Okay. But one of them thought they could beat Mike Tyson. That's right. But you know, I think there was something to that. It was like an urban brand that it was okay for dorky white guys, you know, in the middle of small town America to to rock. Hey, guess what? It's never okay for these dorky white guys to rock this. <laughs> well, were there other athlete uh, kind of spearheaded brands, things that started on jocks and ended up on dorks? Okay, I'll move on to the next. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm trying to be like Zubas were worn Zubaz. by like weight, Zubaz. Weren't they worn by like weightlifters? I feel like that's a weightliftery thing. Fingerless gloves, I think, are universal. Everybody wore those. Yeah, pretty much. Especially if they're you were the bully in a John Hughes movie. Or something. You wore those gloves. <laughs> oh, it's it, also, all, it all comes back to Breakfast Club. Yeah, it totally it's does. also was, was there was there a starter jacket that uh, of of the Breakfast Club? It that, was just a giant picture of their faces. Because <laughs> that's one thing about the starter jackets. Remember, it had like the giant logo that like took up the entire like backside of the the the, the jacket. Yeah, which was good if it was like a, a real simple one, like the Cowboys. I remember the obviously the Raiders one. Like, like sure. what do you do with the Browns one though? There's yeah. nothing. You just Brown. Yeah, ask the same thing about that entire organization. What do you do with the Browns <laughs> football team? That? I don't know. I don't know. Trying good question. That. Been trying to figure that since the '90s as well. Okay, guys, thanks for putting your choices out there. This is the moment in the podcast that uh, I list list my choice, and my choice really kind of felt kind of in between some of the other choices and that was a specific jacket on a specific person at a specific movie and that was the um the windbreaker on james dean and rebel without a cause as a kid i spent most of my teen years um posing in corners leaning against a wall with an imaginary cigarette held in between my index finger and forefinger (laughs) and uh, squinting as if i had something in my eye but i was really trying to pretend that i was a um, misunderstood outsider new in town and just trying to get by through the day without having my dad, Mr. Magoo, played by Jim Backus, yell at me and me to doe-eyed Natalie Wood and get to know her and um, have the uh, very thinly closeted Sal Minio come up and talk to me. But um, yeah, I was really, really um, interested in film and interested in uh, cool people in movies. And I think that James Dean uh, Red Windbreaker, which was, I think, made expressly for him although story is that he grabbed it from like a red cross worker and decided he wanted to wear that wait a second so there's like a red cross emergency and he said can i help oh wait can Some, i have that jacket somebody working on the film set, oh okay you know, as kind of a uh, essentially an on-set medic does that make him even more of a badass if he just went to like a tornado he was at a, at a tornado or something and just grabbed a yeah. windbreaker from somebody <laughs> from, from and they're shivering and cold on the uh, on the cartoon futurama they co-opted that look specifically that, for Philip J. Fry. Is that really? As, oh, as like an outsider, yeah. as a, you know, guy in the future. But well, he's cool. got a red jacket, the white shirt, and the blue jeans. and the, Didn't you know, know that. Pompadour haircut or whatever. That's awesome. Specifically on that. That iconic that. wardrobe. And I think what reading that the director didn't kind of... So that thing about James Dean grabbing the jacket turned out to be apocryphal because it was designed very specifically by Nicholas Ray to brand him as an outsider, somebody who also is somebody who's got a kind of a limited time on this planet. So I thought that was really neat, especially in the the aspect that Rebel Without a Cause was really kind of a B movie. It was just kind of a juvenile delinquent movie. There were hundreds before it. There were hundreds after it. Although when James Dean's star had started to rise, it was kind of elevated above that. But, you know, all the jackets they were talking about had on the show had a lot of swagger to them, had a lot of 
um, they imbue the wearer with a lot more um, uh, machismo, a lot more mystery than perhaps they've earned. You know, if you're an outsider, you walk into town like the wild one, the jacket kind of pumps you up and makes you swagger a little bit more. And for me, that was the one, um, as a kid uh, in Kansas who was desperate to, to develop a personality of any kind. You just wanted to appropriate it from James Dean <laughs> via his jacket. Because he's dead. He's not going to use it. So, uh, yeah, to your point, none of us chose like a tweed jacket. Or something like really dorky. Yeah, I was gonna or go, smoking, I was gonna, a smoking jacket. I was going to go with just like a nice, you know. Uh, Blazer? Yeah, corduroy. I was thinking just like a, a rip- nice, you know, you know, medium gauge maybe, corduroy Maybe with, with some patches on the elbows to signify yeah. that you're some sort of like professor or Camel dean colored. of a high school. Yeah. Camel colored. Do, do, you, do any of you consider like a smoke? Like I was thinking of Rick uh, from Casablanca, that white coat that he wears. Mm-hmm. It seems so... Sure. What's the difference between a coat and a jacket? A jacket is shorter, right? I think a coat is like a suit coat, so it's part of a suit. And a well, but like a fur coat's a coat. I think it's just length. Somebody help well, me out here. Well, it wasn't Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream jacket. I wouldn't have seen that. Zing in your face once again. Michael I don't even know a musical. Yeah, should should have known Michael would come back at me with musical theater. I should have gone with potato jackets. Potato <laughs> I'm not, jackets. I'm nuts. Um, okay, well. You know, what's interesting is in the last uh, few seconds of our podcast, we've demonstrated that we don't even know what jackets are. What makes a jacket? What Good night, a jacket. everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Does anybody really know what time it is? Well, I do. Jacket it's, time. It's jacket time. <laughs> Michael Jacket singing jacket time. So it's time for me, actually, to determine uh, what goes up on the Mount Rushmore. Here's the uh, ha- granite sound effect. Was it made of granite? Mount Rushmore? It's made out of uh, hard cheese, like a like a nice uh, like camembert. Okay, yeah. so um, and here here's what I got. So I really appreciate Richard's actually a very kind of broad examination of this. Uh, but in a lot of cases, I think I might have gone with Michael's more specific. So uh, each guy gets a point. Why? Because Fonzie, that's the most iconic jacket. Got to be the last fifty years. So a point for each of those guys. A. Uh, a um, but then uh, I'd like I gotta give one to to Michael for the iconography represented by the bride in Kill Bill volumes one and two, and how unique that jacket was because it tied in not just um, it's not just the character for a performer, but it also tied in film reference in that it was similar to the jumpsuit that Bruce Lee wore in another film, and it was also part of the marketing. It became the iconography that 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 walked with this movie throughout its entire existence. And it was also fitting for Banana Woman. It's a, a six-foot-four <laughs> Banana Woman, yeah. Uma Thurman. Um, Michael Jackson, just in general, Michael Jacket. Uh, Michael's uh, e- evocation of the King of Pop and the King of Jackets, if you ask me. Uh, the Beatles would like to have a word with you about that. This uh, is King of Rock. <laughs> oh, Elvis is King of Rock. No, yeah. Run DMCs are the king are the kings of rock. Oh, that's right. But the Beatles had they, they had a good jacket run. They why had is a good jacket? Why run? is Americans are we still embracing royalty? I don't get it. We we can we can never get away. We yeah. ultimately we want to be uh, ruled by a higher uh, power. We do is on a, uh, such as Prince. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, but also this was this is such a compelling uh, jacket, and I think uh, Richard even got on top of this one too. Uh, so rounding out the end is members only. So it, I, I I can't argue with that. No, uh, Richard, I was not a member. Apparently, 
Well, if you would, something would have changed. What does something change? Any jacket that would have me, I don't want to be a member <laughs> of. Is that the Groucho Marx one? Yeah. Groucho uh, quoting Freud or something like that. So Michael is the winner this week. Here's the music. We picked up plus two yeah. for the season. Plus two. Wow. Uh, so congratulations to Michael. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of like this format where we're kind of picking out points. Yeah. So. It, se- uh, it seems like it's an easy way to get rid of all the crappy ideas that both of us have come up with. <laughs> and not have to acknowledge them. Yeah. This has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. We're zipping up this podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm Richard. I'm Michael. You wearing a jacket? No, I don't like jackets. <laughs> Always wear a jacket.